Welcome to the Aluminum Linings Podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything except for our day jobs. Kayla is back with us today, and we're talking about one of her other hobbies. We're going to talk about brewing beer today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I guess my first question would be, does the fascination with with brewing beer come from trying beer that you're like, wow, that is so good. I'd like to be able to make that or trying beer and thinking, you know, this needs a little something. <laughs> uh, I think it's the combination of just, yeah, loving beer and loving getting to try all sorts of different kinds. I started homebrewing years ago because my roommate brought home a kit. I was just obsessed right away. So you started with home brewing, but now you work part-time for a local brewery, right? I do, yeah. Um, so I work part-time at Theoretically Brewing uh, in Lethbridge, Alberta. Can you, I don't know whether this is possible because I honestly know absolutely nothing about brewing beer to be perfectly honest with you I did no research I wanted to go into this extra blind (laughs) mostly so the people listening will feel a little bit good about themselves because they'll all know more than me about this um, (laughs) can you is there like generic steps to brewing beer that are always the same yeah yeah kind of um so uh, I can take you through it Sure. Basically, you always start with your malt, which is just roasted barley. And there's different kinds of malts, like they roast them to different darknesses, which is going to give you different flavors. So um, if you're having like a, a lager or a blonde, you know, the malt's not been roasted very much. Or if you're having a stout, the malt that you put in there has been roasted a lot. The same like with coffee, if you've got like a light roast coffee or a dark roast coffee. Um, okay. And so you take your, yeah, you take your malt and you you basically soak it in hot water for an hour, which is a little bit like steeping tea. So you, you soak your malt in your hot water for an hour and that changes all of the starches in your malt. It breaks them down into simpler sugars, which uh, later the yeast can digest and turn into alcohol. So no matter what kind of beer you're brewing, that's where you start. And then you boil it for an hour and that's just to kill off anything in there that you don't want in your beer. Um, so to pasteurize it. Uh, and then okay. after that, you cool it down and you add the yeast and then you leave it and the yeast does its thing. Do you recall your first batch of home brewed beer? <laughs> I do. What did we make? Oh, it was uh, it was a red ale. So sort of like if you've had like a Rickards red or like any kind of Irish red beer. And it was just one of those ones. So you uh, you go to the like homebrew store and you buy you buy this box and it's got like this big bag of liquid in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's like everywhere. <laughs> Basically what they do is they stop the process right after you know I was talking about how you boil and pasteurize it right so mm-hmm. they they stop the process there and they put it into I guess they cool it down and they put it in a sanitary bag and airlock it and then they sell that okay so then all you have okay. to do is you put it into your your carboy or your primary like a basically a big container you mm-hmm. add that and you throw in your yeast and then you just wait so um, as far as home brewing at home when you're first getting started, it's super simple. And actually, our first batch turned out, which was amazing because okay. we were, had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> but they're, they're pretty simple as long as you're really careful with sanitizing everything. Um, and it turned out good. <laughs> we actually did the second batch we did. It turned out terrible. <laughs> we, uh, we, de- we decided we wanted to make a coconut porter, which should have been easy enough. You know, we bought a porter kit. So uh, just the same as the red. And then all we were going to do is add shaved coconut to it. It should have been fine. But somebody dumbly bought sweetened coconut 
which would be me. <laughs> and we added it to the beer and we let it ferment and it was weird. <laughs> and it was, like, I don't even know, like 11% or something because the yeast ate the sugar and the coconut as well. Oh my goodness. Really sweet, weird coconut malt liquor. It was the worst. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so good. Um, so, so when you switched over and, or, or I don't know if you still brew home beer, but when you started working at um, Theoretically Brew, Doing, what were things that like was it something you learned a lot on the job or did you have a lot of the knowledge before you even started I don't really homebrew so much anymore uh just because I'm I'm there brewing all the time I would love to keep homebrewing but I just haven't found a spare moment um but when I started I, I pretty much learned I learned everything on the job um some people go to oh, okay. um brew colleges like I know there's one in Olds but I met the brewmaster of theoretically brewing while I was doing my chemistry degree because he's a chemist as well um oh, and okay. I told him I wanted to get into brewing beer and he was like come learn with me don't go to school so I learned everything on the job yeah which was great and there's brewing beer is simple stepwise but there's so many little variables and so many different things you can tweak and change it's just been such a fun learning experience do you find there's a lot of room for like creativity when you're doing something like that so much that's one of the things I love about it actually I don't know if you're as adventurous with beer drinking as I am (laughs) if you go to the liquor store right now there's like so many kinds there's you know, there's sours, there's double hopped IPAs, there's raspberry, chocolate, cherry, strawberry, lime, like every different flavor. So uh, mm. I think the the craft beer world is kind of wild right now. Like I just drank beers that uh, were a partnership with Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. <laughs> um, so they put they put donuts in the mash and it tasted like a donut. So I mean, there's so really? much room for creativity. Yeah, every little part of the um, recipe you can play with. So you can play with which malts you use, how dark they are, how much. And then you can play with which hops you use and which yeast you use, which gives it a different flavor. So there's there's so much. I love the creative side of it. Do you find your chemistry degree has really come in handy? Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's so a lot of brewing is, you know, water chemistry and then liquid and gas chemistry as well. Plus the mm-hmm. the biochemistry side of, of yeasts and yeast strains and things like that. The thing I found that has actually come in the most handy is having worked in a lab um, during my undergrad really taught me how to be really meticulous about, you know, sanitizing things and weighing things out and following the steps, like doing a doing an organic synthesis and brewing a batch of beer are shockingly similar. <laughs> so oh, that's okay. that's kind of where I've I've really found that the skills I've learned kind of really shine through. Oh, okay. I feel like I'm just firing questions at you. Um, I'm very excited by all of this. <laughs> do you do you, what's the your do you have a favorite beer that you've brewed so far? Oh, um I think probably my favorite is we made a chai vanilla porter called um Space okay. Chime Continuum. <laughs> um, a little a, a quick background is the the brewery that I work at is all science themed. So besides the joy of making a beer, I also get the joy of making terrible science puns. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, I love it. The um the chai vanilla porter was I I had had one a couple years back actually from Village Brewing that I loved and I hadn't found a chai beer that I liked since. Um and so I convinced the the team, the brewery to let me brew a chai vanilla porter. And that was one of the earliest ones they sort of let me take the lead on the recipe for, which is a really big honor, you know, especially when I'm 
you know, so new to brewing to get to sort of create my own recipe. And I just love how it turned out. I love chai. It's got lots of chai spice in it. It's nice and dark and cozy mm-hmm. for the winter. Um, and it's got that nice like vanilla hint of like sweetness to sort of round the whole thing out. So that one's my favorite I've ever made. Is there, this might, this might be a little bit of a stupid question. Do you, is it like making soup where, <laughs> where you taste test it throughout? Or do you just kind of hope the recipe works? And then once it's done, you're like, well, this is the thing that I have. <laughs> um kind of less like soup because okay. and, and, um, I don't, no I, <laughs> I do taste it along the way and there's some ways that you can do that but there is a little bit of like finger crossing at the same time too um okay because a lot of the a lot of the flavors you can't really taste until it's finished you know so I can I can taste it um, along the way, but a lot of it doesn't really come out quite right until the yeast is finished doing its job and the hops have sat in there for a while. So I do, I do tend to taste it at the end and then you can tweak at the end with some, some extra ingredients. You know, if I taste it at the end and I feel like it doesn't have enough vanilla, I can add more vanilla, but you kind of, you know, there's some parts you can't change. (laughs) Yeah. Where you just got to let the yeast do its thing. And exactly. It's a little more like baking. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. At some point, you just have to put the cookies in the oven. That's the metaphor. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) So on top of um, making terrible science puns, you guys also, and I actually looked up what this was called right before we started, and the name is disappeared from my brain. But um, you also named the big vat things after scientists, right? We do. Yeah, the fermenters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that, oh my gosh, that's one of my other weird little favorite parts of my job. So um, the fermenter is the place where you, after the beer has been boiled and pasteurized, you cool it down and you move it into your fermenter. And the fermenter is an airtight uh, vessel. So you add your yeast in there and then you close it all up so that there's no air in there because that helps prevent any sort of weird wild yeast or bacteria from getting in there. Um, and so, and on ours, we've got, uh, we've got this little sort of like chalkboard paint um, sticker and so on that we write like what the date is what the name of the beer is and then we name all of them after a scientist so I've been just having a great time um, looking up different scientists and you know a lot of times I try to pick a scientist that maybe nobody's heard of or maybe piques my interest in some way like I love featuring you know women scientists on there I love featuring you know trans scientists or people who are doing really interesting research or even people who who are alive right now who I follow on Twitter and stuff so I can be like hey I need my tank after you because I like your tweets <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I found a few scientists on Twitter from following following theoretically brewing I found a few on Twitter where I'm like wow this is so cool I love this yeah I love I love scientists Twitter too because because they're always, you know, I feel like I learn a little bit during my social media doom scroll, which is nice. Yeah, 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 exactly. I guess for me, this is very interesting because we talked last time about supporting local business and being integrated with other local businesses and things like that. And so I think even from like a scientific perspective, it's very, I like it. It's nice to see a group of scientists, you know, really being like, hey, look at all these other scientists that are like awesome. And you don't really see that competition that can sometimes be in some of the uglier sides of academia sometimes so yeah I just think that that is super cool and I love that you guys do that no matter what industry you're in I think things can get you know competitive and Mm -hmm. maybe like a little bit not so wholesome every once in a while Mm -hmm. but both you know by being able to be scientists and you know promote other scientists on our tanks and and just being able to like work together with the local community too I think that's it fosters a better community kind of between everybody 
How does it work when you work for a brewery in terms of distribution of beer? Like if you're a smaller company. There's sort of a couple different avenues for selling beer and some breweries do all of them. Some just do part. So the first part is if you're, if you're just a working brewery and you don't have a tap room, um, all mm-hmm. you, you can do is kind of put your beer into cans for bottles and then sell it to liquor stores. Or okay. what's obviously more popular in Alberta now is the craft brewery with the tap room. So you can go into the actual brewery itself and they're making beer in the back and then they're selling that beer out front. Um, and that's, okay. that's kind of the most fun way to do it because, you know, we can offer pints or growler fills and also like a community sort of area and feeling. So where people can come in and they can come drink our beer right on site and meet other people, obviously, you know pre-COVID theoretically uses our tasting room um, as a small music venue as well which is so fun oh I love that yeah and it just it just creates a really neat sort of like community vibe and I think that's one of the best things about craft breweries is it's it's different than going to a bar or a pub because there's sort of this really like grounded neighborhood kind of feel to most of them Um, And they're Mm -hmm. really like entrenched in their local communities and their neighborhood. And it's a great way to meet people. So you can kind of sell beer out of your tasting room or, and we do both. So we, we also can and sell to liquor stores and we can, we can sell locally here in Lethbridge. And honestly, most of the time me or Kelty just goes and drops it, drops it off, just drives it over. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or when it comes to selling across the province, that all goes through one central body, the the government association, AGLC. So we sell to them, they hold it in their warehouse, and then anyone across the province who's buying liquor for their liquor store or their or their restaurant or whatever can order from us and okay. anyone else kind of through that central warehouse. Oh, okay. Um, could people like request a local beer or is it kind of you just have to find a store that happens to be stocking them? At- oh, absolutely. I mean, it depends on, it depends on if the liquor store that you're talking to does that kind of thing but a lot of the liquor stores right. especially ones that are very craft beer focused love to hear what people want to drink so you know you could go to your local liquor store that stocks craft beer and be like hey I'm really looking for like theoretically's lime sour can you order that in for me so it's definitely a possibility you can also find us in quite a lot of places like in Calgary Edmonton even north north as well Grand Prairie yeah but requesting is amazing because people like liquor stores might not pick us up just you know some little brewery from Lethbridge unless people are asking or uh, requesting it so that's very appreciated and then do so do you guys do certain types of beer that you brew all the time and then every once in a while you do like a specialty batch like that vanilla chai yeah we we have six cores that we keep all the time um and those kind of encompass sort of every flavor palette so you know we've got like a, a wheat beer we've got an irish red a stout an ipa you know, like your classics kind of across the spectrum. And then Mm -hmm. we do a whole bunch of seasonals and those kind of come up just depending on what season it is and what I feel like making. Um, So, you know, we always do like a Christmas one, which is the chai one. And um, we do a women's day brew every year. Usually we get, not to totally sidetrack, but usually we get a bunch of women to come in and help us brew as like women's day project. Obviously not this year, but I just finished putting that one in the tank. So that should be out soon. Um, And then we do like a spring one, a summer one or two, a fall one, that kind of thing man that's so that's so so cool i feel like i could continue to ask you questions for hours but instead where can they find theoretically brewing on the old interwebs on the old interwebs um we have a facebook page um i believe it's just 
theoretically brewing on Facebook and the Instagram is theoretically underscore brewing underscore co. Um, so that one's a bit long. And uh, our Twitter is actually very active. Okay. Uh, our, our owner, Kelty, loves to talk about politics and world issues and all that kind of stuff on Twitter. So if you like to hear that kind of thing, I think it's uh, at Theory Brew. At Theory Brew. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so perfect. that's the Twitter. That's that's really active with lots of lots of chat and things like that. I will link all those in the description as always. Um, you can also find all my content on aluminumlinings.com or if you're not on the social medias, you can go there to sign up for a newsletter so that when new podcasts and blog posts and things come out, you'll get an email. I think that's it. Good luck. Have fun. Don't talk to strangers unless you want to make new friends. Bye.